you're looking for a job with that perfect work-life balance, a riveting career growth, recognition for everything that you do, promotions each year, no internal politics, no micromanagement, a loving boss, a warm plush office salary, 60% more than your worst rival or your best friend, no pressure at all, great cafeteria food, office just a stone's throw from your home or even a pick-up-and-drop facility, then my friend, it's time you relocate to Mars. Closer to Earth, the life is slightly different. You have a nasty colleague, a tough boss, a prying super boss, tough deadlines, the world seems to be conjuring against you and of course, you have Tons of micromanagement when you just want to break free. Think of yourself as Clark Kent turning into Superman. But instead, the button just doesn't open and the shirt gets stuck. And you suddenly open your eyes and you realize you're sitting in your office cubicle and your boss is just standing in front of you, tapping the top of the cubicle saying, Hey, dude, what's up? See me in my office. You know what I mean. And so... Let's dive into some of biggest pet peeves most office goers have micromanagement. In today's bus talk, let's deep dive into the depths of micromanagement and figure out if this is necessary, is it warranted, or can we all do without it? Hello and welcome to Bus Talk, a podcast about your work life balance or the lack thereof, where we do simple talk in the world of complex commentary, the life around work and sundry. It's for those who need support in strife, stuck in the traffic of work life, hoping to find a method to the madness, joy in sadness, clarity in confusion and sanity in this commotion. Welcome to Bus Talk. Imagine you are a sales rep being given a target of a million dollars for the year. Wouldn't it be nice that if you turned up on 30th of 31st of December and said, Hey chief, here are my deals and here is the entire revenue forecast and I've crossed 100%. Wouldn't it be lovely? But does it happen like that? Have you ever seen something like that happen? No. If you were a manager, would you risk that yourself? Put yourself in your manager's shoes and think, well, let's now meet on 30th of December and you show me all the forecast then and there and then that's about it. Would that be possible? And I'm giving you an extreme example, but this is just to make some of you think. I know you know this, but just to make you think. Indulge me, all right? So that won't happen, right? That you guys meet on 1st of January and then meet on 30, 30th of December and all is well. Won't happen. That's where all is well will fall apart. And so then what's the next best? Well, let's at least meet once a quarter. All right, that means four times a year, four quarters. You meet end of, so first quarter is from 1st of January through 31st of March. You meet on 1st January and get your numbers and then you meet on 30th of March. Now, wouldn't it be great that on 30th of March you say, here is my forecast, here is here are the deals, here, I've crossed 100% of the numbers and you do that for Q2, Q3 and Q4. Lovely. Would that be a guarantee? I'm guessing not. The deals would still slip, the customer would still ask for more discounts and you know the drill. 
there will be 30 other reasons why what you forecasted did not come through. And so then what does the manager do? Does the manager wait till 30, 30th of March to figure out whether you're going to miss your forecast or not? No. So what's the next best? Let's do a monthly review. Great. Think of this way. You are on the 30th of the month and 31st, you realize that the deals that you ought to have progress to a deal signing stage did not happen. And so you push it to the second month. The deals that should have come in the first month don't come in and they come into the second month. And then deals that should have come in on the month two now get pushed to the third month because there are only 10 hours a day as much as you would love to have two additional hours. But customer facing time is limited, as you know. So then what do you do? No, no, we can't wait till the 30th of the month to figure out whether we get to our numbers or not. Let's do a weekly review. Okay, now you get down to a weekly review and I won't extrapolate or belabor the point more. You know, therefore, how does how it translates to a daily review? Of course, th- this is different for long sales cycles. When if you are in this large enterprise business which, where it's a nine month deal or a 10 month uh, sales cycle, then the conversations are different. If you're in a high volume transactions as business, then it's more monthly run rate, the weekly average and so on and so forth. So one has to bear in mind all of those factors. And so as you realize practically, you are an individual contributor. Tomorrow you will become a manager. Your team will come and say, well, give me freedom and I will give you revenue. And you will go, seriously, what happens if you don't? Then you say, no, no, I've got plan B. What if plan B doesn't work? You have plan C. Well, does that guarantee success? You've got 10 members in your team and everybody says, I've got plan A, plan B, plan C. But would you leave it at that and give them that the space and time? Well, actually go through it. You'll realize that it's easier said than done, right? If the team auto-functioned without your inputs or your leadership or your guidance, then you are not required as a manager, right? The, the eight-member team... They're doing their numbers. They're delivering on forecast. So what are you doing? What's your input? What guidance are you giving them? What navigation are you doing? Hmm. So you're thinking, what else do I do? Then what, where is the value add? Hmm. Alternatively, you know that running a business where the checks and controls are not there is not a smart way of running a business because time is limited, unforeseen circumstances happen. And that's why you have a leader who acts as a navigator to help you reach your goal. Now, some do it well and some don't do it so well. But that's the origin or the logic, if you will, to have micromanagement. Think of it like an insurance policy for the business. You're insuring your business against failures. That's why people want to make sure that you don't wait till the end of the time period and do crisis management, do preemptive management. Typically in high volume sales environments, you will see there's no catching up business, right? If you add 400K for the month, divide that by four weeks, 100K divide that by five days, it's 20K per day. 20K divide by average deal size of say 2K, say 10 deals that you have. If you do not close those 10 deals on that Monday, There is no catching up on Tuesday because 10 plus 10, 20. Where will you catch, find the time to do it? And then it snowballs into something unmanageable. And what's the net result? You miss your numbers. So it's the job of the manager to monitor, inspect, and almost take up a role. I don't know if I can give you the correct analogy. That of a predictive analytics. And if you can do it smartly, 
we are an algorithm, then we might not need a manager. But insofar, we don't have that. So you will have to have a leader or manager who will act as this flag bearer of warnings or the person who would say, look, I see the road ahead where you are headed with your deals and these could be the obstacles. What are you doing about them? Have you figured them out? Have you Do you know a way to work around them? And if you don't, that's when you ask me how to do it or let me help you tide over those things or work around those challenges and get you there. And these are the discussions that happen. So then you wonder, why is there so much of negative connotation towards micromanagement? Point is simple. Leaders and managers or people managers don't know where to draw the line and step back. That's where the problem is. They don't know where to stop. Yes, you have to be involved. Yes, you need to know. But you also need to be cognizant of letting the person function within their own space. And the stakes are high. And so some of the managers often worry about their own jobs. You know, you could turn up and say, so you are an individual contributor. You could turn up and say, oops, I missed my forecast. Sorry, I'll try better luck next time. Imagine the manager going and representing a missed forecast in a QBR. That is at least 3x or 4x more difficult because you're expected to be A, aware of it, B, navigate around it, and C, ultimately deliver the results. Now, that person has missed the numbers, and so the ball rolls up to you. You, therefore, pass the buck to your superior and right up to the chain. And guess what? This chain is goes right till the president, CEO, or whatever. Why? And if it's a public limited company, they have to answer this to the shareholders. They give a guidance. If you have heard an earnings call, and if you have not, I strongly, strongly recommend all of you to spend time to listen to a company's earnings call. Even if you're not in a public limited company, you should definitely hear some of these recordings or read some of the transcripts and look at the questions they get asked. The top three or four leaders, the CFO, the CEO, and all these guys will be addressing the public and the analysts in general, saying this is how we did in the quarter on constant currency rates, and this is how we give guidance for the following quarter. Where does that come from? It comes from you and the lowest common denominator. Then it goes on a chain higher and then the chain higher. So it's like a domino effect. So if you miss your numbers, it all translates to right back to the top. And when I say you, I just don't mean specifically you. It could be you in your team and there would be three other teams and there would be three more yous. And collectively, the business has tanked the numbers. And somebody is answerable, right? If it's a public limited company, they're going to ask, well, I put in my $10 or whatever, $100 into your business. Why are you not functioning efficiently? Why is the company not growing? Well, the guidance that you gave the previous quarter, you've not met with that expectation. And then the company can't hide, you know, the management can't hide then. You, you are in front of the people using their money. So you have to give them an answer saying, well, this was unforeseen circumstance, but this was within control. So, well, if you remove the unforeseen part of it, the stuff that was in your control, why is that not being done well? Those are the tough questions that you get asked. And so that's where the how tight you run the ship becomes your formula for success. 
the more robust your systems and processes are, the better it becomes. Look, I, I know you hate micromanagement, but give it that Uber view of being self-accountable. You know, as, as leaders, we always look forward to that team member who we don't have to micromanage. Trust me, no, not many managers will share this with you, but I'm sharing this with you up front. We always look at those people we can depend on that. Okay, at least who's the Rahul Dravid of my team? Who can I bet my life on, my forecast on? They're always looking at those 20% of the Pareto's law. Here are my three people who will ensure that what they say they deliver. And therefore, I have to worry about the balance five or six people. And within those five or six people, can I again find two or three people who perhaps don't need that kind of everyday micromanagement because it's it's a bandwidth consuming tiring and exhausting exercise trust me businesses can run much more efficiently if everyone did their jobs well so if you are an individual contributor listening to this go back and do a self audit of your work if your previous work go back and do an audit on your work in the previous year list down the things that you did well and the things that you did not do well understand from your manager and why your self critique yourself right self audit yourself think here are the three things why, what i could have done better which were in my control and i did not do fix that for this year and you will see when you start doing this automatically the level of micromanagement will go down because the work is getting done and people know about it these are the top two reasons right the work is not happening and people don't know what the hell is going on that is precisely why micromanagement has become so rampant. That is why so many people dive in to see what you're doing. If they know what you're doing, and that's been clearly articulated, and the milestones are set, and you're delivering against the milestone, you will see the amount of micromanagement go down progressively. It will not be a magic thing that one day you say, and suddenly, tomorrow, everything. It's also about consistency how long over a period of time that you do do it for a quarter two quarters and third quarter people will suddenly back off and say hmm let's not mess with the guy believe you me as much as you think that there are nincompoops in management they are not there are a lot of smart people out there who know what they're talking about who know and i'm not saying this because i've been part of management i'm saying i was an individual contract so i'm i'm saying this that there are a lot of smart people who have so many other things to do that they would love it if the team has a self-audit mechanism with them. And you, you don't need to wait for a QBR or a re- review. You could just say, you know what, if I did a audit of my business, of my territory, of my region, here are the three anomalies. Here is where I messed up. Here is where I screwed up. And here, is, here are the rectification measures that I could figure. I, I messed up in five things. I could figure out solutions for three things which are in my control. But these two things I do not know. Can you help me? You will be surprised how delighted your manager will be like, wow. Yes, there are those jerks who will say, Are you didn't even know this. There are exceptions to the rule. And I'm, I'm sorry, there are such people who go through, who don't have any business being in management or people management. But unfortunately, there are. But keep them aside. By and large, there are people who are 
expecting you to rise above the ordinary keep them informed over communicate as the parlance goes and let people know what exactly you're doing there will be people who will say are you are giving so much of gyan to even if you are talking to a customer doesn't matter you let your people know what you're doing when are you going to get it how are you going to get it and whether it's on the right track or not get that affirmation put it on email let people see it why because the same emails will come in handy for an individual contributor when you are getting appraised end of the year it's very easy to forget all the good stuff that you've done or the difficult ways that you've navigated around and suddenly you're at a loss of words you know you're sitting across the table the manager says so how was the year what have you done differently and then you're scratching your head and like hmm i did my numbers like yeah that's why you have a job no i worked very hard yeah that's why you got an incentive what else have you done differently and then you are totally blank so if you document what you are doing there is very little scope of even your manager escaping the reality of what you have done and it's it's a good practice for you to have that documentation in front of you that's what you've done and and fear not you will make mistakes it's fine it's absolutely fine when you have involved two people your manager to make them understand where you're going wrong and seek help don't sit on it seek help there's no ego in saying i can't do this i need help right so don't fear failure don't fear asking for help and so if you're an individual contributor don't fear micromanagement as long as you keep all these points in mind now if you're a business leader listen to the same thing please for heaven's sake give the individual contributor some time and space identify or separate the symptom from the root cause so in my definition of micromanagement it happens because the systems and processes for monitoring the business are not adequate and therefore the accountability monitoring or inspection mechanism is not adequate which is why it triggers the insecurity of a black box that you don't know what is going on inside the box you can't see where it is headed what could be the choke points and you run into this insecure zone where you don't want to be shocked you don't want to be surprised and so you're thinking well i have to be all over the business all the time otherwise how will i justify my existence my friend you can justify your existence by putting the correct systems and processes in place fix the root problem if people are not updating the crm and managing 350 million excel sheets for their business that's where the problem is do you get what i'm saying that's where the problem is fix the adoption to update the crm accurately then you pull out the reports base your business reading on those reports now if people have entered incorrect data then fix that part how can you fix that you mean if i see incorrect crm updates then you get 10% deducted from your incentives and see how people will turn around and start adopting it and it's a it's a hard push it's the initial talk when you're trying to cycle 
the initial paddle two or three cycles are extremely tough. But once you set it as a motion, then updating CRM is not a project. It becomes a way of life. And if you don't, then it catches on like a wildfire where everyone will find 350 million excuses of maintaining their own sweet little Excel sheet in some corner. And then you suddenly realize that everything is in a mess and you have to spend copious amounts of management bandwidth to sit down and sort this thing out. It's just a colossal waste of time. So my suggestion to you is figure out the accountability mechanisms that you have in place. Do an audit on that. How are people being accountable? And if they are missing their forecast after committing, if commit deals are falling off the table, is there a pattern to it or is it an exception to the rule? If it's a one-time exception, well, one has got to live with it and move on. But if it is turning out to be a pattern and that's the data analysis you need to do with baselining your data. Go back in time, do a two, three year data analysis or ask for it from your sales ops guy as to why you lost those deals. What's the pattern? Is it price? Is it competition? Had a better feature? Is it inefficiency of your people to respond? I mean, one of the classic mistakes I've seen reps do is the customer has asked for a quote on Monday and the rep has not reverted to the customer up until Thursday. And the days lost in this day and age when all the modes of communications are instant, you the probability of those deals goes down by more than 50%. This customer is thinking, I, I need a 24-hour response. I need a quick, fast flash action. If you cannot do that, then you're not as efficient. You're not making sense to me. And there are that many, you're, you're opening the door for three other competitors to walk right in and say, look, you can't do it, I'll do it faster. So it could be something simple which could be controlled by having a robust inspection mechanism. So fix that accountability, the visibility of someone's work. How is the deal moving? You have a 45-day sales cycle and the deal is sitting on, say, on a scale of 10, 10 being, being uh, sorry, scale of 0 to 100, 100 being a one deal and 0 being at, at a nascent uh, pre-qualification stage. So if it is a 45-day cycle, by the 40th day, it should have been at now, are we signing it today or not? If it is not, then you know something is wrong. So you can't wait till the 40th day. You have to track it from the 30th day. That is it on track? Are the, has the demo been done? Has the POC been done? Or whatever the checkpoints are there in your business? And ensure that come the 30th day, we would have at least reached here. Come the 40th day, we would have at least reached here. And those are the mails that you need to send out to your team owing to the reports that generate out of this saying, well, here are 10 deals which were supposed to now move to open 60 or open 70 by the 30th day or whatever. And they are still lying at open 40. Are you not updating the CRM? Is there something I need to know or what seems to be the problem? That amount of inquiry is absolutely legit. It's justified because you are keeping a tab on the business. What is incorrect is that you ask for a forecast on, on Monday morning, then call for a meeting on Monday afternoon, then again ask towards the end of the day, well, what happened? That is uncalled for. That's when you choke the person. Even good people, if you don't give them the breathing time, then they will not blossom and flourish. Now think about the number of 
non customer facing hours that you spend during the course of the week and how it is impacting productivity monday morning meetings forecast meeting usually runs for an hour then there are uh, weekly half an hour meetings at least three or four so all said and done in a 40 or say 50 hour week if you are going to get, take away five or six hours then you are anyways reducing uh, one day so it's no longer a five day week work week assuming there are 10 hours to work in a day you're already making it a four day week and over a, a period of a quarter you're reducing time and so the amount of customer facing time reduces and you are expecting the person to double up the work with less time so the probability of the forecast going southwards or you missing the forecast increases you, you you see how these things are interrelated and so it's very important for you as a manager to plan your business well plan your timings well understand your systems and processes well and draw that balance where you need to pull up someone before they fall into a ditch vis-a-vis when you just need to let that person breathe just let the person go and like okay i asked you these questions i think i know where your deals are i know how they are pro- processing and progressing you will get to your goal i am quite certain and do your background check and homework because you are a manager you you just didn't arrive from mars right they are the same type of customers so go back in the history have they been existing customers have they bought from you before if they have what were their previous objections have those objections gone away or they're still there those are the things that you could help your team with helping your team and messing with your team are completely two different things so bear that in mind so if i were to sum this up for you uh, as a sales manager find out accountability in the system have the processes checked self audited the processes and solve the root cause of the problem rather than the symptoms of it if you do these basic things chances are the balance between you and your team will be a healthy one and each will give each other adequate space there's a famous quote by general patton he says lead me follow me or get out of my way no at workplace you can't possibly do that but i guess you get the sentiment that you as a leader lead when required you as a leader move out of the way the bottleneck when required and then get away let people breathe let them have fun let in, let them just enjoy the space that they get so that they can flourish and blossom and be fearless to express their sentiment that's the best way to get the best productivity from your team well that's all the time i had for this episode of bus talk i hope you had a good time listening as much as i had a good time sharing some of the thoughts on micromanagement you know these are such vast topics that it's incredibly difficult to cover all aspects of it i'm sure there are multiple subsets and tertiary aspects to this which i've not covered i really request you to share your thoughts and views send me a voice message or reach me on my twitter handles uh, social media handles on twitter and facebook that's gyanban #gyanban g y a n b a n or reach me on linkedin if you can and share your sentiments if there are any questions if there are any doubts comments 
any other point of view that you thought we've missed out or happy to dive into it if i know if i don't i don't so i'll learn from you until we meet the next time i wish you well stay safe be well and get your a game to work this is your host ab and you were listening to bus talk peace out <laughs>